This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that's that's pretty good. I think I feel okay about that win. 126 to 113. The Raptors defeat the Los Angeles Lakers, who were very notably, noticeably of note. It was noticeably of note that they were missing Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, that matters. Patrick Beverly also didn't play. Uh, neither did Wenyan Gabriel. And I really like Wenyan Gabriel for what it's worth. But yeah, the Raptors, they they make pretty easy work of the Lakers from the outset in this game had a large lead by the end of the first half completely dominated throughout and I know people are a little bit upset about the efficacy of the Raptors zone offense I understand why and I understand why people were a little bit disappointed with the overall process of this game and let me say I'm gonna go against the grain here because I am of the mind that against the worst teams in the NBA, which the Raptors without AD and LeBron certainly qualify. Form is hard to maintain. If you've ever played like a noticeably worse person at something, a noticeably worse team at something, you play down. Uh, All the Raptors, Coach Nurse, have talked about human nature at some point and playing down to competition, all that kind of stuff. And when there's a massive talent gap, uh, you you play to it, and you still win the game handily. So I'm not super worried about it. I'll talk about the zone offense stuff later. But yes, this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Samson Folk. And uh, it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. That's right, Goldfinger Law, where you only pay if you win. And you can catch them, call them even, at 416-730-1777. Okay, so... 126 to 113. Fred goes for 25 and 7. Pascal, 25, 10, and 7. OG, 23 and 6. Off the bench, Boucher gives you 16. Gary gives you 18. Scotty gobbles up 17 boards. Uh, Coloco with 1 and 4. 1.4 rebounds. Not not his best game, but a plus 9. You like plus minus? You you got some there. Uh, The Raptors, it was an easy game for them. I just... (laughs) Let's, okay, let's talk about the zone offense first. Okay, so the Raptors, uh, typically against zone, what they like to do is manipulate from the corners, and that's to open up the floor. So they'll place their shooters in the corners and kind of have them run up the sideline to get a lot of action. So they work out of the corners, and that's to stretch the zone defense out for cutters and stuff like that. It's not very imaginative. Uh, a lot of teams, that's just a small part of their base package with zone offense. And the Raptors also really like disguised flare screens against zones. They did a double screen a couple times, you know, a disguised double screen too. It's a good way to stack against a zone. I thought it was pretty good. Pascal, I don't think he made the floater after the double screen, but it was an easy look on the inside. And the Raptors, they like, so they like working from the corner. 
disguised flare screens out to above the break and then working, you know, maybe there's a screen or maybe you get a man advantage or something like that. The zone doesn't shift accordingly. And they also, uh, they, they like to flash to the middle as most teams do. What they don't do that a lot of teams do is cross screens to create two-on-one actions against the middle guy in the zone. And it depends what type of zone you're, you're playing against, but it typically works against a lot of NBA zones. The Raptors don't do it, and that probably has a lot to do with the fact that they don't run a lot of pick and roll outside of Fred either. And Fred is off ball, trying to space out the zone, keep them from packing the middle, all that kind of stuff. So they don't run a lot of cross screens. I would like to see more cross screens with Pascal, even some with OG, some with Fred too. But the Raptors, their shooting hasn't been fantastic what they shoot from three in this game. 12 of 43, that's 28%. And uh, you, you need to shoot to beat zones a lot of the time. Good cutting helps, of course. Flashing to the middle, making the right reads helps. How the defense responds helps. But the Raptors, they, they leave some stuff on the board. I'm not super worried about this game, though. I, I won't be taking away anything from this game that's negative, I don't think. And if I know... Because I'm on, I'm on Twitter, right? We're all on Twitter. All the writers, everybody who does analysis, everybody who reports, everybody who is involved in this industry fundamentally is on Twitter. We see the conversations. We see what the fan base is kind of providing as consensus at all times. So do the players. And um, I'm not worried. And so that's, that's what I'll say. And, and I don't think you should be either. Uh, they played pretty well against the Celtics, as I said, after that podcast. That's a really good team. They play Orlando twice in a row. They should win those games. If they don't, let's worry a little bit. They should beat them. And then hopefully the team is healthy. Precious comes back into the fold sometime soon, and we start to see what this team looks like when they gel and coalesce a little bit more. But they got the win tonight and did so pretty easily. The guys who needed to get to their spots... And the guys who needed to prove something to some degree did so. Fred giving you 25 and 7. He, he went 3 of 12 from 3. This kind of relates to, and I was watching for this because Nick Nurse pointed a bright red target at it. He said, Fred is unaligned as far as like his wide, the, the axis, he goes wide. He, he's missing to the right or the left on his shots, which typically has never been how he misses in the past. This is how what they observe. He's missing from right to left now. What that's related to, he did not say. There was no explanation given, just that he's missing left and right. And he thinks that, Nurse thinks that Fred, that's something they can sort out. Tonight, he missed from the left to the right again. Quite a few shots, 3 of 12 from 3. But the man got downhill after the game. He says his favorite form of basketball to play, he thinks he's at his best when he's getting downhill. There were, there were pick and roll possessions that the Lakers tried to ice, he got the defender to jump the screen early, get downhill that way. Some stuff was flattened out on switches. He got downhill, some drop. He got downhill, all that kind of stuff. Getting downhill, got to a few layups, got inside, made stuff move from there. That's encouraging because more than anything, um, Fred's shot will sort itself out. He's just, I, I don't think there's a reference point for a shooter who's been as good as him falling off a cliff, especially like as a catch and shoot guy. So he would be unprecedented if he was just a bad catch-and-shoot guy now, which he has been over the past however many games, 9, 10, 12, whatever. And, uh, but getting downhill, a little bit of athletic pop, uh, manipulation on ball, that's what we need to see. And we saw that, albeit against 
less than dominant defenders. But if you look at this Lakers roster, actually, like Juan Toscano Anderson, Austin Reeves, uh, Troy, Bound, Troy Brown Jr., these are decent defenders. And uh, although Lonnie Walker and Shooter aren't dominant or whatever, it was nice to see Fred get downhill, is basically what I'm trying to say. I liked Fred's game in this one. Pascal, a 25, 10, and 7. I mean, come on. That's a piece of cake. And he slept walk to it. There, there were points that were left on the board. There were a little, there were a couple of decision-making errors where, you know, like let's say he gets downhill and he's looking to the right. He's looking for the kick out or the lay down to his right. But let's say Coloco or Thad Young is trailing behind him to his left. If he gets that like behind the back pass into his bag, that's a layup for the guy. He missed like a look like that as a passer. But overall, the the Lakers, as is the case with most team, every every team in the NBA, uh, they have nobody for Pascal at the point of attack. Teams really don't. Uh, you have to guard him conceptually as a team and in reality as well, not just as a concept. You have to start out with a concept of guarding him as a team, work from your principles there, bring a lot of help. The Lakers didn't do a very good job of that in this one. And Pascal, not his greatest game, but got to spots, made shots, created for others, did his thing, pushed in transition, all the classic Pascal stuff. OG, I mean, two of eight from three, but also causing a lot of ruckus on the inside. Missed some gimmies, like a missed dunk, a missed layup here and there, but was largely a guy getting right into the middle of the Lakers defense, mucking it up in there, causing a lot of trouble for the Lakers. They couldn't keep up with it. Scotty, same thing. He started out the game just like eating a ton of glass, getting into the mix in the middle, five offensive rebounds in this game. Some of that's because he misses around the rim and then grabs his own. Some of that's other guys missing, and Scotty's giving you that extra possession afterwards. Five offensive rebounds, 12 on the defensive end. In a game like this where guys like Austin Reeves or Russell Westbrook or whoever is trying to eat on the glass as best they can, like Russ had four offensive rebounds. And the only other guy, well, I guess uh, Damian Jones as well, but nobody else on the team had a multi-offensive rebound game. Reeves had one. Uh, Thomas Bryant, who is a big man, only had one. And the Lakers only finished with 10. In a game like this, where the Raptors, the game is sloppy, the pace is, the cadence of it is kind of off kilter, and the Raptors are still trying to maintain their pace and input how they want to play on the game. Closing out those defensive possessions as the Lakers throw up, you know, shots that are a little bit awkward, that are offbeat, um, being able to close out possessions like that and not give them a, a bunch of looks. Nice to see. Good on Scotty for cleaning the glass in that way. And good for the other end, like Scotty getting five, OG had two, Christian had two, Thad had two, Boucher had three. Like the, the Raptors got after it on the offensive glass. Seven extra possessions over the Lakers. Off the bench, mostly we're talking about Boucher and Gary Trent. Gary Trent, not his best shooting game, but once again, because he's two for nine from three. You, you make some, sometimes you don't make them. He's been hitting a lot lately, um, off the dribble, off the catch, all that kind of stuff. This is maybe a little bit of regression. This is the class, classic up and down aspect of his game. Whatever, but the downhill aspect of his game remains there. I will have a piece on this tomorrow. Everybody can read on Gary Trent Jr., how he's been a little bit better as far as process. I thought his process was really good to start the season, playing off of Pascal. I think his process has been really great since he's hit the bench. Very fast decision-making. I think it's been generally rapid. And quick processing of the floor is one of the best attributes that a shooter can have because 
you by proxy of being a shooter your gravity you change the floor every single time you step up into the half court and you change the floor exponentially more every time the ball swings your way understanding that the defense steps out to you and stretches out and what to do and how quickly to enter that catch and go against closeouts and knowing what to do once you get downhill he is seeing that the weak side doesn't load up against him so a lot of times like an avenue to the rim is there a driving lane is there it's not you know every once in a while guys slide over he can take a pull up fine but for the most part putting the ball down getting to the rim if the if the defense not going to rotate over take it so more free throws, more looks at the rim, better percentages at the rim this year. That's a big deal for Gary Trent Jr. So in this game, even though 6 of 15 is not so great, I'm a fan, a big fan of this process. Whether he's, you know, it doesn't matter to me if he comes off the bench or off of, you know, in the starting lineup because the Coloco starting lineup hasn't been good. The Gary Trent Jr. starting lineup hasn't been good. The Raptors haven't found really a good starting lineup. So I don't care whether they start out bad against good teams with Coloco or they start out bad against good teams with Gary Trent Jr. Wherever you want to put Gary Trent Jr., if he does this, great. Uh, play him play him minutes. He played 33 in this one. Good for him. I mean, good process. Gary Trent continues to make good decisions. I like it a lot. I hope you do too. And And Chris, in games like this, up and down the court, you know, it's sloppy on both ends. He... He, of course, is really good in the tight games where teams are locking up at the point of attack and are very attentive. And he has to be the guy who, when teams load up and everyone gets tense, he makes the cut at the right time. Like, bam, Chris Boucher is making the right cut. He's getting you that extra possession on the offensive glass. He's rotating everywhere and using his length defensively in close games. That's great. And that's the most important aspect of his game. But in these up and down loose games, like 16 and 7 is nothing to this guy. He had, he had two threes in this one, 7-11 from the four, you know, offensive rebounds, gets gets out there, gets after it. Very nice to see. Uh, easy peasy for Chris. He's talented. He's long. He has a lot of effort. This game for him to go get numbers. Piece of cake. Uh, Coloco, he fouled out. <laughs> Six fouls in 21 and a half minutes. It's uh, that's a lot of fouls. He had, he had trouble. Uh, there, were, there were set actions on the offensive end that, he looked like he didn't realize he was a part of that he was a part of and and defensively just having you know some trouble with the rotations and and making the right step in the right direction at the right time uh russell westbrook in particular like getting downhill uh forcing rotation dishing out resetting you know okay who's helping here you know where where am i helping to all that kind of stuff made it difficult for coloco i think but the raptors for the most part through a sloppy game the guys who it's important for what what they want to what type of accolades they want to collect during this season, um, they they put the numbers up that they needed to. They continue to put positive numbers on the board uh, for the team. They won. Generally, this team we're looking at starters who play north of like thirty six minutes every single time they win a game. Sometimes and oftentimes, maybe they're quitting forty. OG plays 34, Pascal plays 32, Scotty plays 31, Fred plays 30, basically. I I have no qualms about this win, except I want to see more cross screens against zone defenses and maybe a little bit more of Pascal at the point of attack doing it. But who? I mean, this was an easy game. The Raptors won it as if it were an easy game, and that's totally okay with me. Uh, we'll focus in on process 
when games are closer, I think. Because I know maybe some people in a game like this, you want to win by 40 or something. Tough. I mean, the Raptors, they they blew out the Chicago Bulls one game, won by a lot, and then they lost. And the same thing with the 76ers. It's teams adjust. The Raptors, they have to be able to follow process against good teams, and they have to be able to win against bad teams. So uh, the the good record at home continues. They need to win some games on the road. Hopefully that starts in Orlando. We'll see, though. Reggie Evans Award. Of course, it's Scotty Barnes. You can't go out there and grab 17 rebounds and have me say, no, no, no Reggie Evans Award. Uh, of course, he's, he's the Reggie Evans Award. He went out and, man, did he get after it. So good for him. Okay. Top quick reaction comment is from Murray. Hey, Murray. Quote. No one put asterisks besides Raps losses when they were missing five of their top seven guys. The Raps did what they had to do in the Lakers that dressed, got to do something more than watch and cheer on LaBaby and street clothes. End quote. Is street clothes the new nickname for Anthony Davis? Oh my God, that's absurd. Also, LaBaby. We can all do better, can't we? I'm just, anyway, I'm Murray call them what you like me personally i don't like reading that stuff out because <laughs> i talk to these guys you know like a reporter i i just i hate saying like little baby and like the pejorative uh nicknames and all that kind of stuff but then anyway you have your fun murray of course uh you make a very salient point though uh nobody cares if you're missing guys and uh the raptors i know a lot of people are questioning the vibes i think the raptors feel just fine like the team, I think they're getting along. I think most of the guys feel good about their process. And in games like this, they want to get the W's. They just want to see process marry with outcomes and that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, the Raptors, I I'm not going to say like this win is invalid or there's bad things on the horizon because they didn't beat the AD list and LeBron list Lakers by 30 points or something like that. They held them at bay. They beat them very comfortably, and the guys got to rest more than they usually do. And for the most part, they just they just beat the hell out of them. So that's how I feel. Thanks for writing in, Murray. Thanks for listening in, listener. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and if not, uh, <laughs> send send hateful mail my way or something like that. Let me know. Uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Whether you got into this. Uh, on YouTube, if it is on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Go to RaptorsRepublic.com and subscribe to get all of my written work, Lewis's written work, and Aiden Moss's five things I like and don't like every week. And uh, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for tuning in with me. Tune in un with me. I can't speak. We can't speak. Uh, Raptors onto Orlando. Uh, let's maintain the record above 500, 13 and 12. Thanks for tuning in. Much love to y'all. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.